me start with a, with a story this morning, actually related to what the youth was, was doing. When I was little, uh, you know, similar age to those guys that went up to, to New Day, um, I used to love going camping. I used to go alone camping, especially camping with, uh, with our church. We used to go to this beautiful mountain in, in Honduras. We, we left the city, a group of us went there, and we had a beautiful house in the mountain, in the middle of the, you know, lots of pine trees and things like that. And uh, we used to do all sorts of different things there, play football and have games, and we used to have our devotionals in the morning, and it was a glorious time. Um, a couple of years later, they actually built a swimming pool, so you can imagine it was awesome. But one of my favorite parts of this camp every year was that there was a, one night, there was a, a, a campfire. We always have a campfire. And it, and it was amazing because you can imagine there was really no light there. It was all candle leaves and we had torches and everything. But we couldn't really have the fire there where we were staying because it was a little bit dangerous. So usually the leaders used to take us far away and, uh, you know, the middle of the night when it was really, really dark and we were going to walk there to go to this place that was far away and we were going to have the campfire. So we were all there. You know, walking, it was a long distance, or at least I remember it was, probably was not, but because when you're little, you, you feel that's a long distance. We were just there, all, you know, being silly with our torches, and we were following the leader. And this leader has this absolutely beautiful and gorgeous um, torch or lantern. You can imagine one of those that, you know, when you're 45 and you got enough money, you want to buy. It's that kind of stuff. So we were all. And from time to time, you know, he was just checking that we were all there and, uh, okay, careful, there's a hole there. Be careful, guys, that's the, that's the edge of that thing. Just, just be careful, one, two, three, just checking that we were all there. But at some point, um, you know, we, we knew where he was. But I think at, what I remember, and it was something really cool, that he, he used to put that beautiful torch on him, on him. So, so we could see where he was. And even if we were just messing around, you know, we, we only needed to find him with the light there. We knew where to go. So it was not just about carrying that torch or him making some kind of light. At some point, he became the light. And for us, he was the light that we needed to follow. So today, we're going to be talking about something like that. I'm going to go back to that illustration in a bit. But I'm going to invite my beautiful wife, uh, to help me reading something. So if you've got your Bibles, um, uh, Tommy and Alan, I'm ready with Bibles over there. So if you need a Bible, just grab one. We're going to be on John chapter 8 this morning. Uh, from, we're going to read from verse 12 to verse 30. And we're going to be talking about Jesus. And I'm, I guess you got it from my illustration, Jesus being the light of the world. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The Pharisees challenged him, here you are, appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus answered, even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid, for I know where I came from and where I am going. But you have no idea where I come from or 
You judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are true, because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. In your own law it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who sent me. Then they asked him, Where is your Father? You do not know me or my Father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know my Father also. He spoke these words while, while teaching in the temple court near the place where the offerings were put. Yet no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. Once more, Jesus said to them, I am going away, and you will look for me, and you will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. This made the Jews ask, Will he kill himself? Is that why he says, Where I go, you cannot come? But he continued, You are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins. If you do not believe that I am he, you will indeed die in your sins. Who are you? they asked. Just what I have been telling you from the beginning, Jesus replied. I have much to say in judgment of you, but he who sent me is trustworthy, and what I have heard from him I tell the world. They did not understand that he was telling them about his father. So Jesus said, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the Father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. Even as he spoke, many believed in him. Okay, so we've been uh, on a series in the book of John, and we've been uh, learning a lot uh, from this wonderful book. And... Um, we're still in the context of the festival of the tabernacles. With Jesus still around there. That's, this is what's happening in Jerusalem. And this is the second time uh, that uh, Jesus says, I am, followed by something else. Uh, John was preaching on, I am the bread, uh, two Sundays ago. And today we're going to see the second one. Uh, but as I said to you before, you know, when in my illustration, the leader was not just a light, but he became the light. So in this, in this text, I would like to uh, point out that uh, this is something like which, similar to what Jesus is doing here in this passage. And, and, and the, he's not saying, okay, I will show you where the light is. Or he's not saying either, I will give you just a little bit of light. Or, you know, you know what? If you look inside your heart, you may discover some light. Jesus is not saying that. He says, I am the light. In verse 12. Follow me, and whoever follows me will never be in darkness, walk in darkness. I am the light of the world. That's just fantastic to hear. The great leaders of great religions have tried to teach us where the light is, or how can we find the light. But never ever in human history, apart from Jesus, ever no one has said, I, I am the light. I am the light, and that is Jesus. Let's see the younger ones here. I'm going down. I don't want to put you on the spot again, Liam, but maybe the others. You know, when we start reading John, um, we read about the light, and we read about the, la- the darkness as well. And that reminds us about another book in the Bible that talks about light 
and darkness. Let's see the young people. Who, who, who do you think is the other light? Are you awake? What is the other book? Sorry. What's the other book that talks about light and darkness? No, we all in John already. Another book. Another book. Genesis. Well done, Adora. Yeah. That's good. That's a whole week, you know, camping over a new day. So, Genesis. Genesis talks about, you know, dark and light. And, uh, you know, in the beginning, in Genesis 1, 1, 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and earth, and the earth was without form, and, you know, void. And darkness was in the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, and God said, Let there be light. At the beginning of the Gospel of John, in chapter 1, that we read many weeks ago, verse 9, John says, The true light that enlightens God, that's a difficult word. Every man came into the world. And you know, John absolutely loved this theme the darkness, the light. We can see it in his gospel, we can see it in his letters. He absolutely loved to use this theme of you know, light and darkness, just like in the Genesis. But just as God said at the beginning, let there be light, and light came into the world, and God began the creation because the world was in darkness. In the spiritual sense, also the world is in darkness now. And God sends His light, and that light is Jesus Christ. The light came to us from the Father. And Jesus said, I am the light. He said that. And what Jesus is saying is that He's telling us that a new creation begins. I am the light. God beginning to create a people, a heavenly city, a kingdom. His church. And he begins with the light that is Christ. Christ is the light. A light that doesn't just show the way, but it is the way. It's him, it's Jesus that we follow. I am the light of the world, and who, the one who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The light of life. I would, this morning, would like to share with you five things, five simple things, and probably some of you are going to, you know, say, well, that's kind of obvious, but I, I think um, sometimes it's, it's, it's good to remember the basics, and I would like to share five simple things from this text. We're not even going to focus on, on all the 250,000 verses that my wife read. We're just going to focus on one, okay, and probably two at the end. So let's open your Bibles and let's read John 8. 12 again. Uh, who, wants to, who wants to help me? Baby, you want to help me again? Yeah. Please. Just a joke. Jesus spoke again to the people. He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That's it. Thank you very much. So, number one. The world is in darkness. This one can seem a little bit obvious, but I think it's good to talk about. God sent His light, the Lord Jesus Christ, because the world is actually in the most absolute darkness. There is no spiritual light in the world, no light at all. The earth is formless, empty, just like in Genesis. But God sends His spiritual light to us. In Romans 3.23, it says, 
that we all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. And that's our condition without Christ. We've fallen short. We sin and we have no access, no right to enter in the presence of God. Really strong word, isn't it? Really strong. This means out. You cannot get in. You cannot get in. I remember the first time when I came here to England. I was uh, uh, Becky's uh, boyfriend at the time. And, uh, you know, I was coming all happy and I arrived to Heathrow. I don't know if you heard this story before, but I'm just there, you know, photo and fingerprints and all that kind of thing. And suddenly, beep. Okay, uh, please, please, uh, gentlemen, go, go away. And they take me into this room for two hours. People just question me. Three guys asking me the same questions again and again in different order. And in one hour, you know, in two hours, and, and Becky was with the friends outside in the airport waiting for me. And these guys were calling uh, my father-in-law just to check I was whoever they were saying. And they were, you know, Adam and I were not going to get in. And probably Becky thinking outside, no, I should have to the guy, the local guys, rather than this one coming from all the way. But anyway, I was there, and it was, it was awful. But after a few questions, as I said to you, after two hours, actually they realized that I was a good boy. All right, stamp, welcome to England, and here I am nearly 18 years later. Uh, the point is, the point is like, it, it might, you know, not have been like that. Imagine you're trying to enter in a country, and you have committed a crime, or you've done something, you're trying to enter, and beep, the alarm goes off. They interview you, they question, they investigate, and they have two options. Actually, you have only two options at that moment. They're just going to say, sorry, you go back to where you came from, or even worse, they're going to grab you right there, put you into jail, because you cannot access that country. So this is how we are at the moment in respect to God. We're trying, if you try to enter the kingdom of heaven with, you know, your spiritual passport, and you give it to the angel there customs, you know, he passes it, beep, the alarm goes off. You cannot enter. I'm sorry. Your passport stains with sin. You fall short of the glory of God. Okay, you cannot enter under any circumstances. You need a new passport. You need a new identity. You need a new name. And we cannot enter. And this is all due to human nature. In Psalm 14, it says that there is no one who seeks God. There is no one who does good. There is no justice. Not even one. We are in such desperate situation that we are, you know, uh, in deep darkness, destitute of the glory of God, and we cannot do anything to solve it. Even more so, sometimes we don't want to do anything to solve it. So, what's our destiny then? Seems gloomy. Eternal separation from God and deserve our own crimes and sins. But we need, we need the light of God to create in us something new, something wonderful that didn't exist anymore. A new heart that loves all things of God. There's no one who speaks God. There's no one who does good. And it's evident, actually, really, if you turn, you know, the, the news on the television, it's evident that we tend to see that things are going wrong. And nothing is good. It's all bad news. There's evil in the heart of man, and man desperately, desperately 
tried to create little life here and there by himself. Life to find a way to get out of that darkness and feel fulfilled and so, somehow have some hope. And if you go out, the only thing you're going to hear is like, hey, I have the light, follow me. I have the solution. Political, religious, philosophical leaders, all kind of self-help, self-help books of all colors telling you, yes, here's the light. I have the light. Come here and you'll be happier. We'll change the world. But that doesn't work. It doesn't lead anywhere. And we think sometimes that we're really clever. Inventing all of this things. But Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10 says, How deceitful is the heart, more of all things. Who will know? So instead of looking for light here and there, like if they were fireflies flying for all over, you know what we need is the light. The light that is Christ Jesus. Not all of those false lights that the world wants to present us with. So that's number one, the one the world is in darkness. Number two, only Christ is the light of the world. Only Christ. Christ is not a light. Jesus didn't come and say, listen to me, I am a way. I am a truth. Okay? I, I am a light. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And no one comes to the Father if it's not through me. He's not a light. He is the light. There's no other. We need to stop searching. And I repeat, no one ever, ever, no Confucius or Buddha, Muhammad or any other leader has ever said, I am the light and has presented himself to the only way to the Father. That's such a profound statement. They cannot leave you in distance. What do you do with that? What do you do with that statement? I am the light of the world. I am, I am the only one. Uh, there is an old book by George McDowell called More Than a Carpenter. I don't know if you have read it. Um, but he has a quote inside that I really like, and I would like to, to quote fairly quickly. He said that with this kind of a statement, what do you do when you need to actually say, yeah, who is this Jesus? I'm going to accept it. So we've got three options. Number one is like to think Jesus was crazy. He was a crazy man. Okay, and, and you know, your heart is full of pity and you suddenly start thinking, oh, poor guy. You know, he thought he was the son of God. You know, poor thing. But that doesn't really solve all the doubts. If he was just a crazy man, how come half of the world is following him? How, how come the human history has been marked and changed by what he said? Number two, he says, okay, if he wasn't a crazy, probably was a liar. Okay? Just lying to everybody, just for his own benefit. But again, if he was a liar, how come he left? You know, he went to the cross and, and, and let everyone see Jesus. Put him there and kill him. Doesn't make any sense. So there's only one more, more choice. That what he's saying about himself is totally true. And that sometimes is the hardest thing to accept. For us, for the hearts that don't know Jesus. Because Jesus is saying, I am the light. And if he's truly the light, I think the question in our heads is like, what am, what am I doing that I'm not following him? Why am I not following him? Jesus says, I am the light. And that is true. 
It's true that He's the Son of God. It's true that He's the only way to the Father. It's true that we must adore Him. It's true that we need to serve Him. It's true that we need to follow Him. Jesus, I am the light, He said. It's not true that there is the light in our places, in our group. Jesus is the light. Nowadays, it's very fashionable as well. I don't know if you have experienced this or heard this, but you know, it's, it's very out there saying, oh, you know, you're just find the answer. But within yourself, what your heart tells you, like, protect certain famous songs. Probably you guys at the back are listening. Where's your step? You need to check it out. Follow, listen to your heart. It's, that's not true. If we do that, we already lost and done. Inside us, the only thing we can find is the same darkness that is outside if we don't have Jesus. Jesus is the, Christ, is the light, the light of the world. He's exclusive, the only light, the true light. There's no other light outside me. That's what Jesus is saying. Stop looking around. There's no other outside me. When Jesus says, I am the light of the world, he means that he illuminates everyone. Everyone that wants to... The, the ones that want to see the light and those who don't want to see the light, the ones who we cannot escape from that light, is out there. For the ones that want to see or the ones that want to hide, He is the light of all men. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And I'm repeating this again and again because I think it's good so that goes into our mind and into our heart. The light of the world is He and only Him. It's not your light. It's not my own light. These days, everyone wants to invent a new one. If your if your light works well, awesome. If your light illuminates you, it's fine. I'm happy. But I'm going to follow my own. No. Jesus says that He is the light, and there is no other. Stop the, with the relativism. There are no other lights. Psalm thirty-six nine. It says, "Lord, in Your light, we'll see the light." It is the true light, the only light. Number three, the light reveals the truth. Sometimes, you know, sometimes we, we, we think that, or you think that things are one way, but when you turn the light on, things are actually another. I don't know if you have experienced that, but you wake up in the morning, probably happened this, this morning, you told yourself, oh my goodness, I need to go to the service. You, you get up, you go to your sink, stand in front of the mirror, turn the light on, and what? My goodness, what's that? I'm sure that only happens to me. You all wake up super handsome, hairstyle perfect. You don't need anything. only happens to me. But when you face that dilemma, that situation, you've got two options. Number one is like, okay, well, whatever's there, I need just to shower, shave, you know, get dressed, a little bit of makeup, problem solved. But the other option you got is like, you know, if, if you're really scared of what you see, you just turn the light off. Problem solved. But that doesn't lead you anywhere, does it? Does it? As soon as you, you know, you're in daylight, you still have the light off. So Jesus, Jesus said, I am the light. And there are many who don't like what Jesus said. But the light reveals. 
if there was a spiritual truth, it would turn off the light of Christ, but they can't. Many people think that it would be right. Jesus said, I am the light of the world, and the light reveals, shows, manifests the truth. The one you and me sometimes don't like, the one in our hearts. Jesus, with his life, with his testimony, with his words, with his teachings, on each page of the Bible, it's like a mirror showing us, showing us the reality of the heart. And sometimes, you know, what just said in the morning happens to us when we are confronted with it. So we've got two options. Or you, you know, we close the Bible and run away. I don't want to see that. Or just to say, yes, Jesus, you are the light. He's showing me the truth. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to obey him. I'm going to change. The life of Christ shows you the way, shows you the reality of your heart, of my heart. That pride that we don't want to see, that rebellion that we don't want to see, those things that we don't want to see. I don't know if you notice, but when someone wants to do kicky or bad things, they just go and dance in the dark. You know, the ones that have kids, I don't know if you experienced that, but you know, they grab the stuff, whatever they're going to do, they go inside and call them the room, they turn the light off. That's what they do. And the youth stop pointing out, oh, you kid now. I'm coming for the youth now. You never go out at 11 a.m. You know, the youth go out at 1 a.m. When it's really dark. And in all seriousness, you know, the worst crimes, the worst things, uh, the, the ones that want to be, do bad, they just look for the darkness from me. Like if God couldn't see, oh, let's do our business. No one is watching. Like if God couldn't see in the deepest night. Many don't want to see the light because the light reveals the truth of the life of their heart. Again, in the same book, John chapter 3, verse 19, it says, The light has come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and doesn't come to the light so that his work may be not may not be rebuked. He who does evil doesn't go towards the light. Because obviously his work, his acts, his thoughts, his heart are going to be revealed. We think that we are free following our own ways, our own criteria, following our own instinct, the whim of our heart. What we, we think that we, you know, what we think is good. We follow our things. But that's not freedom, that's slavery. You know, the true and real freedom we only find in the light of Christ. And we will see the truth. The truth that really going to make us free. Just that. That's number three. Number four, we get in there. And you're in luck because number four has another three in it. So that's, thank you, Chris. That's eight rather than five. But I didn't want to mention eight at the beginning just in case. Number four, the followers of Christ walk in light or in the light. The Lord says, I am the light of the world. But his affirmation doesn't stop there. Do you remember? He says, he who follows me will not 
walk in darkness. We follow the light. And therefore, we're walking in the light. And there are three tremendous benefits of walking in the light. Okay? This one is a, a John 1 tip. This one is a mini preach inside a preach. Three for all of you. Number one, those who walk in the light have direction. Okay? If we follow Christ, who is the light, we know where to go. We know where to go. He is the light of the world. And listen, this is really curious that Jesus is not a light that is still like a lamppost outside. It's the light. He says, I am the light. And whoever follows me, follows me. That implies movement. This is a light that works, that moves, and we go after him. Um, if we were explorers, I'm not really good at reading, reading this star. If you drop me in the middle of the forest at night, I'm going to be totally lost. Okay? Uh, I don't know anything about where the Orsa Major is or the Orsa Minor and, you know, where to go. The night would be, well, I would just start crying there. But during the day, I can orientate myself because I learned this stuff when I was little, when I was a scout. And I know the sun always comes out from the east and goes to the west. And this is an interesting trick that probably Alan knows because you're an expert in orienteering and all that kind of thing. But if, if you point your right hand to the east, that's where the sun comes, you suddenly know where the east is, or sorry, the west and the north and the south is. So if you've got a map or you, you're in a pic- mental picture of where you needed to be, you can orientate yourself. So during the night, I will be totally lost reading all of those little lights and the in the sky, thousands of them, little lights that doesn't take me anywhere. But during the day, I got the sun, the one star I can really see and follow. So, those who walk in light have direction. Jesus is like the sun. Where is your light going? Is it going towards Christ or just following all the little lights? There. Look, there is Jesus. There. That's what Jesus teaches me. And that is what Jesus tells me. I'm going there. I don't want to be lost. I don't want to be disoriented. I don't want to listen to all the voices. The life of the followers of Christ have direction. Number two, fairly quickly. Those who walk in light, you know, they are like, if it, it's like if there was always day for them. Always day. I don't know if you have experienced this, but you've got a plane. You, you grab a plane from here to the state, and then you, and, you, and you go over there, and when you arrive, you know, you'll go out and you suddenly say, like, oh my goodness, still day. This day is super long, right? So it, it's actually really cool flying all the way. And you know what? We could, we could be traveling all the time to the west, and it would always be light for us. And this is what Jesus is describing here. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will no longer see darkness. If you follow Jesus, the light of Christ will be always present in your life. You will drive away the darkness of the devil, temptation, sin of the world, everything that is not of Christ. If you always walk in light, you will see where you are. If you always walk in light, you will see who's approaching, enemy or friend. If you always walk in light, you will see the dangers and the blessings when they come. 
if you always walk in light, this is the light of Christ, it will always be like a day for you. So I hope that's the way that is in your heart. Number three. Those who walk in the light are warm. Those who haven't been in, I don't know if you've ever been in a really cold place or mountain during the night, and you're there when they start a fire. And it's just wonderful to be there next to the light. Because the, you know, with the campfire, it's not just light that way you get, it's heat as well. So it's a blessing to be there. And you will see the warmth. As you know, but if the sun was going to stop shining, giving us all the heat, we would be in real trouble. We would be cold. They would, with no light for the plants to do the photosynthesis, we would not have any oxygen. The animals would die. We, at some point, we would all die in cold. Mars, Mars, which is just the next planet in the solar system. Uh, I'm sure the Martians over there are using coats, and they're really cold, because the average temperature there is minus 70, and that's just the next planet. So imagine what's going to happen with us if we suddenly don't have the heat of the sun. We would, we would instantly, instantly die. Christ says, I am the light, and he gives us the spiritual warmth that revives our hearts. Even if you are in the deepest solitude, in the, in the deep, most difficult trials, even if you are in you know, all the difficulties, Christ is the spiritual light, that, that heavenly light that warms your soul and awakens it and makes it happy. Without Christ, we would be dead, cold as an iceberg. I'm sure the young guys here, and even the adults, have seen this movie, Chronicles of Narnia, one of my favorite uh, movies and, and, and this was written by C.S. Lewis and I think it was an attempt that he was trying to explain what Christian life was. And it's not by chance that he chooses this witch which is cold and white to, you know, and wintry to represent evil and the devil. And wherever she goes, everything gets frozen and wherever if someone is not doing what she's saying, woof, you know, become a statue, stone statue and cold and frozen. But here it comes, the most wonderful and beautiful moment in the movie. If you haven't watched it, spoiler alert. Aslan comes along, this magnificent lion. And he just, with his you know, deep voice and his, his breath, he only does this to the statue. I think it's beautiful. And with his breath, he gives life to all of these statues again. The wounds that they were needing. Melting. And that is Christ. When he approaches a cold heart made of marble, marble, made of ice, someone that doesn't want to listen or cannot listen by his voice and his breath. In the same way, God, that says in the creation, be, let there be light. Jesus is saying through his spirit, approaches his life and says to your heart, let there be life. And a new life starts by his work and grace. This is the life that Christ, you know, uh, of Christ when shines in our hearts. And in the Old Testament, we have a beautiful example of everything that we've just said at the moment. So let's connect, connect all what we said with the Old Testament. 
the Israel, they left Egypt, and they were running away, and the Egyptians were chasing them. And God, what God did, they had God provided with a massive cloud. Okay, a massive cloud that was guiding them, and uh, it was covering them and gave them shade. And at night, what happened at night, they had this beautiful, massive pillar of fire. And that column of fire for the people of Israel, you know, it was like a light of night. They found warmth at night. They found guidance, all the things we've been talking about, because, you know, that column of fire walked in front of them. Jesus Christ says, I am the light of the world. And the one who follows me. And we, his people, his Israel, follow that pillar of light, which is, which is Christ. We walk behind it. He is leading us to salvation. He is leading us to the promised land. In Christ, we find the light. We find the protection. We find the guidance. We find the warmth that we need. He who follows me will not walk in darkness. And it's many times in the Old Testament that God himself compares himself sorry, to the light and compares his word to the light. And some... 119 and 105, I'm sure you all know it. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Psalm 27 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. And Israel used to sing this. The Lord is my light and my salvation. I'm sure we've got a song about that. Isaiah 42, 6, it says, The Messiah comes to be light to all nations. Jesus Christ comes now. And knowing everything that people of Israel know about the light, that the light is Yahweh, that the light is God, that is salvation, that Jesus Christ says there in front of them, hey guys, I am the light, and applies to himself all the promises and blessings, all these things that are said in the Old Testament to himself. I am the light, the same light that Moses saw when he walked into the, you know, to the top of the mountain and saw that burning bush. And from the light of the bush, God spoke to Moses. We need to see that light, walk towards that light. If you do, you will hear the voice of Christ. And nearly there to finish, number five, last one. Jesus is the living light. Um, we've been studying in John. Um, Jesus has this encounter with a Samaritan woman, and he said, Hey, you know, you need water. I am the living water. Two weeks ago, John was, you know, talking about how Jesus answered the crowd about the bread of heaven. Manna. And he said, I am the bread, but I am the living bread. And now he's comparing himself again with something so basic, so essential to us, as light. But he says, I am the living light, because it's a light that imparts life. That light that doesn't leave you indifferent. It's a light that imparts life. I don't know, children... For you, when you were little at school, I don't know if you make this experiment. You go, you grab a pot of yogurt, and you put a little bit of cotton in there, and the teacher says to you, "Okay, this little bin, put in there, put a little bit of water, and see what happens." The kids get all excited, and they go come home. You laugh, you're smiling. I'm sure you did this. And the next day, they run to see what happens. And there is a little thing going out, a little stem going out the the bin. And the next day they do the same and it's bigger. And the next day they do the same and it's bigger. 
And suddenly he's like, oh my goodness, I cannot believe this. From this little bin that we got this massive stem. I don't know if you've done that experiment. And have you ever noticed that if you move that from the window and you put it in a corner, the next day, the stem, rather than being here, is going to be like here. I don't know if you noticed that. But it's because, he does that because he's looking for the light. He's looking for the light. They need the light to grow. So, for the plant, light equals life. The same in your heart, in my heart. Your heart is like this little plant. Don't fool your heart anymore. Don't tell your heart, look, I'm going to put you in this corner. Don't look over there. Or look that little light. Or that other. Or don't look over there. This will make you happy. This will satisfy you. This will give meaning to your life. No. Your heart, my heart, is searching for the light, the true light, the one that gives life. And that light is only the Lord Jesus Christ. We need light in our hearts. We need Jesus in our life. And just to finish, finish fairly quickly, we, uh, verse 21 in the same portion that Becky read a few minutes ago. He says, I'm going away. Jesus is saying, I'm going away and you're going to look for me. That desperate desire of, you know, of our hearts to seek the light has a limited time. We need to seek the Lord now. We need to seek the light of Christ now. Today is salvation time. Noah preached for those, you know, of his time to repent, to come to Jesus, to sorry, to come to God. And there was a moment where repentance was no longer possible. God closed the door of the ark. So today Jesus is saying, I am the light. Seek me, seek me and you will find me. Isaiah 55, 6, 7 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake their way and the righteous they thought. Let them return to the Lord, that he may have mercy on them and to a God for he will abound abundantly pardon. Today is day of salvation. You don't know if there is a tomorrow, today, Jesus is telling you, I am the light. If you're Christian today, and if you knew all of this, uh, I think it's a great opportunity this morning after when we do uh, bread and wine or worship. It's a great opportunity to actually thank Jesus that we have all of this. He has actually rescued us from the darkness and put us into light. If you're Christian today, so you've been following all these little fireflies and all this, all this little light, and you've lost focus instead of, you know, following the light, which is Jesus. It's a good time to come to Him and say, Jesus, help me, Spirit, help me to refocus. If you're not a Christian today, and you're here visiting us, and you're exploring what this is all about, I think uh, you've got a a great opportunity today. Jesus is inviting you to come to Him. There is grace available for you. And it's not just about what's going to happen if we don't do this. We need to focus on what Jesus did for us and the cross and how wonderful His love is. And that's why we need to come to Him. So it's an opportunity for you to accept Him as your Savior, as your God. He wants to bring His light into your life. Shall we pray? Lord, thank you that you are the great I am and not us.
we're small, weak, fragile, sinful, limited, finite. But you are the eternal God. We welcome you. We embrace you. We want to follow you as the light. Not just the light, but the light of the world. We want to follow you. In you we find all our blessings. In you we find true life and hope and meaning. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did on the cross, for your sacrifice, for your love. And for you. Thank you for giving us that life and such time in our lives. Amen.